0: Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Dorrellstown Presbyterian Church. As our podcast audience continues to grow, I want to thank our loyal listeners and welcome those who may just recently found us. We know that life can quickly become busy, so this podcast offers an on-the-go opportunity to hear Sunday's sermon along with the scripture lesson read by that day's lay leader or preacher. We also encourage you to visit our website at dtownpc.org. To learn more about our church and all of our diverse ministries thank you for tuning in
1: the old testament lesson for this third sunday of easter comes from the fourth chapter of hosea verses one to three let us listen to god's word god accuses israel hear the word of the lord no people of israel For the Lord has an indictment against the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or loyalty and no knowledge of God in the land. Swearing, lying, and murder, and stealing, and adultery break out. Bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore, the land mourns, and all who live in it languish together with the wild animals and the birds of the air, even the fish of the sea are perishing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from the last chapter in the Bible, reading from the 22nd chapter of the book of Revelation. We listen in for the first two verses. You can find it. On page 260 in the New Testament portion of your pew Bible, those of us you worshiping with us from home, the words will appear on your screen. This is the conclusion to the revelation of John. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Let us pray. We give thanks, O God, for this wondrous creation that you have entrusted to us and for the privilege of now coming together and allowing our minds to be open to what you would have us know and do. Lead us by your Spirit, that in this time we might become clear once again of the great gift that you have given to us, and of our part in responding. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the church newsletter last month, I shared a personal discovery that both surprised and humbled me. In particular, after 36 years as a minister of word and sacrament, preaching most Sundays during that time, I was looking through my records and realized that there were 13 books of the Bible that had never served as the source for one of my sermons. Upon discovering that omission, I resolved that I would make sure that I would preach at least once from each of those books before my pastoral career ends in August, and I invited our readers to guess what books were on that list. I accepted that, own cha- that challenge for myself afterwards and realized that without the list in front of me, The best I could come up with was 11. And so I was particularly impressed when the top two guessers in our congregation came up with nine and eight, respectively, of the list. Turns out both of them actually serve as volunteers on our soundboard. And yet the winner is Jay Stow, and his Saturday morning group. I've got a photo of him here of that group. Looking pretty proud of themselves. (laughs) For having come up with the right total, or at least the highest total. I have not yet heard whether they have decided to accept the top prize of a seat next to the preacher for the weeks ahead. Whatever they decide in that regard, I congratulate them and begin today this effort of closing my sermonic biblical gap. We start today with the Old Testament book of Hosea. Hosea was a prophet who lived just before the northern kingdom was overrun by Assyria in 722 B.C. And so much of that book, the prophet is calling the people back to faithfulness, And we hear that same tone in the words that we read today. As he said, Hear the word of the Lord, O nation of Israel, for the Lord has an indictment against you and all the inhabitants of the land. Hosea goes on to speak of how the people have been unfaithful, disloyal, and not honoring the name of their creator. And then he speaks of five of the Ten Commandments that they have broken, as he said that they have been guilty of swearing, lying, murder, stealing, and adultery. They break out, he said. Bloodshed follows bloodshed. Given that harsh word against the people of Israel long ago, one might naturally expect that then in the next verse Hosea would call them back to faithfulness, warning them of what will happen if they do not. And he does that, but not in a way that we would have guessed. As he goes ahead to say, together with that therefore the land mourns, and all who live in it languish. Together with the wild animals and the birds of the air, even the, flesh, the fish of the sea are perishing. It surprised me that the prophet, in speaking of the unfaithfulness by human beings, connected it with the natural world. And a scholar named Jim Limburg speaks about that word. The punishment which is announced in this passage, he said, is described in terms of an ecological crisis that threatens not only humans, but all life on Earth. In our own times, he continued, he's writing in 1988, when one hears of acid rain, the death of the forests, the pollution of the air, The lakes and the rivers, this announcement has an alarmingly modern ring. The text contains an important insight, he said. The roots of this ecological crisis are to be found in the same attitudes in the Israelites of arrogance, irreverence, selfishness, and greed, which express themselves in the failure to acknowledge God or to care for the neighbor. The prophet connected the unfaithfulness of the people with environmental challenges. As he said, the land mourns. Headlines in this year demonstrate that the groaning continues. For after the turn of the calendar this year, I saw one headline that read, The last eight years have been the warmest on record. And another that declared that in 2022, carbon emissions in the US rose. One in March said, Trying to find it here. Snow has been a no-show for some traditionally wintry cities like Philadelphia, and then another one that declared companies have discharged millions of pounds of toxic chemicals in the Delaware River the last five years, the report says. Each of those headlines summarize something that we already know, namely that there's this intimate connection between human choices and the impact on creation. And Hosea is pointing out that that challenge includes both personal and spiritual and international responses. Yesterday marked the 53rd day of Earth Day. It was created in 1970 as a bipartisan act of Congress And in the years since, it has grown to be an international effort. Now, 193 countries, over a billion people, somehow participate in Earth Week events. If you go to the website, earthday.org, you will see just a few of the things that people around the globe have been doing in their effort to respond to this challenge that is before us. And it's important to see that collective kind of effort because sometimes when we hear those headlines, we wonder if anything can be done. A report that I saw in January gave a resounding yes. For in the 1970s, scientists for the first time began to recognize something called chlorofluorocarbons something that was a natural chemical in refrigeration and in foam, and that it was creating a hole in the ozone. The ozone layer is that part of our atmosphere that protects us from the harmful radiation of the sun, and as it gets depleted, it can bring about skin cancer and other kinds of problems for people and plants and animals. In 1989, there was something called the Montreal Protocol that banned the use of chlorofluorocarbons and other chemicals and led to the creation of new forms of refrigeration and foam insulation. And An article that showed up in January of a report to the United Nations spoke of the difference it is making. For there's a man named David Fahey, who serves as director of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Chemical Sciences Laboratory, who said, the recovery of the ozone layer is on track. He said that if countries continue to maintain the bands on chlorofluorocarbons and other chemicals, the ozone layers between the polar regions should reach pre-1980 levels By 2040. And that the ozone holes or regions of greater depletion that appear regularly near the South Pole and less frequently the North Pole, they should also recover. By 2045 in the Arctic and about 2066 in Antarctica. He concluded, the peak destruction of the global ozone layer is behind us due to the effectiveness of the control measures of the Montreal Protocol that have been adopted by all nations. That's great news. It's something that we have participated in, whether or not we gave it any thought. And yet the reality is that in the moment of creation, God entrusted to human beings the care of all that God had made and called upon us to engage in some very intentional acts to take care of that gift. Last year, two groups were formed in our congregation by our Peace and Justice Committee. They were called Grow Through Action groups, and one is focusing on the continued problem of gun violence in our land. And the second one is dealing with issues of our care of the environment as that group got underway, it started asking questions of what are we doing and what could we do? And they learned of a denominational program that encourages churches to become known as something called an earth care congregation. And so this team of your fellow members began looking into the categories and tallying what we have done already in terms of things as as efficient insulation, lighting, of of, um, uh, recycling, of using, of lifting up the challenge in times of worship or educational offerings. Shortly, we're going to hear from a representative of that group who will tell you the results, and so I don't want to, to spoil their news, but what I can tell you is that the outcome of that investigation was both encouraging and aspirational, reminding us that this is both a collective and individual effort. Hosea lifted that up long ago, and it still remains true. For it's about the same time that that group began its work that there was some news from the business world that really got my attention. Maybe you saw it too. It involves a company called Patagonia Patagonia was founded in 1973 by a man named Yvonne Chouinard and it sells outdoor clothing. The company has been very successful. In each of the last three years, they had over $1 billion in sales. And in 2017, Forbes magazine named Chouinard one of the richest people on the planet, a billionaire. And that news did not please him. For an article written at the time said that for Chenard, he, he was not one of those who thought having nine zeros would be something to strive for, and instead viewed that milestone as meaning that somehow he had failed, both in his mission to care for the earth and to, to be fair toward others. And so in September, Chenard, his wife, and they too, their two adult children announced that they had put the ownership of Patagonia into an irrevocable trust and a nonprofit organization focused on caring for the planet. The gift is worth $3 billion. At the time, Chenard said this Earth is now our only shareholder. It has been a half century since we began our experiment in responsible business. Instead of going public, he said, you might say we're going purpose. Instead of extracting value from nature and transforming it into wealth, we are using the wealth Patagonia creates to protect the source. If we have any hope of a thriving planet, he continued, much less a thriving business 50 years from now, It is going to take all of us doing what we can with the resources that we have. This is another way we've found to do our part. Few of us have either the resources or the inclination to take that kind of step. But all of us have a part that we can play. Perhaps for you, You assume that part of being part of this earth care team in our congregation, helping them further their work and witness, or maybe assuming your part involves some choices in your home, the setting of the thermostat, what you do with produce scraps instead of throwing in the trash, composting them, engaging in some cleanup day in Bucks County, or writing a letter to your legislators. Doing your part might involve a financial cost of giving your business to other firms that prioritize the care of God's good creation, adding solar panels to your home, or buying an electric car. One act by one person clearly will not achieve the goal we all have of making sure that these children's grandchildren and beyond will be able to experience the same beautiful and bountiful earth that we know, which means that whatever form we take in assuming our part, it's all part of working toward that end. And what will it look like? I think John gives us the best picture in his revelation when he says this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. A believer of three millennial, millennia ago said, the land mourns, while a voice in pointing to the future speaks of when, a time when the leaves will bring about the healing of the nations. Without a doubt, that ultimate outcome will only arrive when God deems the time right. Yet until then, each of us has a part to play in moving our planet closer to what God created it to be. Let us pray. How blessed we are, O God, By the world that you have entrusted to us, we pray that we will continue to grow in our ability to be faithful stewards of it, to ensure that it continues to thrive for generations yet unborn. Guide us in that work, O God, that in all things we might reflect your intention for this beautiful world. For it is in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again for joining us today. Once again, I invite you to check out dtownpc.org for information about our worship and programming for all ages.